everyone out there. Welcome to this week's edition of the Film 7 Podcast. How are you all doing? My name is Andy, and as usual, I've got here with me Jake. How's it going, Andy? How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. What have you been up to this week? Not many films. I saw, I continued with my Shaolin kind of movies, but I also saw a very good movie on Netflix. It's called Beats. Is it Beat or Beats? I can't remember, but it's it's got B-E-A-T there. And it's a very good movie. I saw it yesterday and it, it hit all the spots for me. Well-crafted film, well-told story, very interesting characters. It's such a good film. You need to watch it. It's called Beats. Yeah, ne- you messaged me last night telling yeah. me about this movie. I didn't get the chance to see it last night, but if you say it's a really good film, I'm definitely going to be checking that out. Honestly, it's very good. It's ver- so good. It's... um. This is one of the, you know, last week we got um, a message. What do you think is the most underrated film? If I was asked that question today, I would probably say this film. It's just gone so under the radar, but it's such a good film. You should check it out. I will be checking that. That's on Netflix. Yes, yeah? Netflix. it's on Netflix. Cool. Yes. Well, I have been on Netflix, though. Uh, I've been watching the new episode, the new season of Stranger Things. Stranger Things 3. I've watched the first four episodes and it's really good, man. It's it's good. It's better than season one. Uh, I haven't finished the season yet, so I can't say if it's better than season one. But at the minute, I'm enjoying it just as much as season one. It is very good. The performances are very good. Uh, you know, they're a bit older. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of weird to see them a bit older because there's also some scenes where it's like flashbacks to season one and stuff. Mm. And then you compare them, you're like, wow, they have grown. They've really grown, haven't they? But it's very, very good. I'm sure a lot of the people who listen to our podcast have probably already seen it, but if you haven't, it's definitely something to check out. Yeah, I'll try and get some time to watch it this week. So I did enjoy season one a lot. Season two wasn't bad, but obviously didn't hit the heights. But, you know, we've always we've always concluded the second part of a series is always going to be hardest. But so this season three, I'm hoping it's going to be better than season two, but at the same, at par of with season one. If that happens, I will be impressed. Yeah, I, I I mean, like I said, I'm only halfway through, but so far it's going in that direction. So yeah, and apart from that, uh, some very exciting thing for me is that I'm going to be starting my own comic club soon. Yeah, which is going to be so much fun. It's we're just going to be weekly sessions talking about comic books, drawing comic books, writing comic books, and just getting people get their creative juices flowing and see what we can come up with and just enjoy this amazing world. So and that's going to be at the local library as well. So I can't wait for that. It's going to oh, be. Oh, that's fun. interesting. I need an IV. You need to go in there? I need an Ivy. You got to invite me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we'll be doing, like, what I like about it is that we're going to be doing different uh, sessions for different age groups. So I'm really excited to get kids involved and then to start them off young and then they can have a creative well, future. And so in, like, 30 years in the future, somebody is going to be doing a podcast and they're going to be like, I remember when I was young, I had this guy called Jake. <laughs> yes. He had this show for us. And that's what inspired me and got me into comics in the first place. Well, I can only try. I can only try. <laughs> All good. All cool. Good. So let's kick into the show then, ND. So the first segment of the show is the movie and TV news. Well, gentlemen, you had my curiosity, but now you have my attention. So ND. Yeah. There's been quite a lot going on this week, hasn't there? A lot mm. of little news news and tidbits going around yeah so the first segment uh, well the first topic i should say is that samuel l jackson our boy sammy j mm-hmm. he's going to be cu- joining chris rock in the saw reboot and he's going to be playing the character of chris rock's father and is chris rock the saw or we i don't, don't know i don't know 
I don't know. We don't. I. I don't think he is going to be the Saw. Okay. Uh, but he's he's starring in the movie and he's you know actively involved in the in the reboot itself. I think he's a producer on it. So, uh, I mean, and now he's got Sammy J in it. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. And this is interesting. A comedian taking on a horror franchise. I mean, it sounds like Jordan Peele again, but um, it's interesting to see what what he's gonna do. So is this a reboot or it's a continuation of the story? Uh, from the report I read, it's a total reboot. Okay. Huh. Chris Rock. I've never, you know, everything I've seen Chris Rock has been comedy. Mm-hmm. Every single thing has been comedy. Samuel Jackson is all over the place. So I, I don't know how this will turn out. No, I'm, I'm not too sure how this will turn out either. Um, I have a funny thing with the Soul franchise. Like, I really liked the first one. I loved the first one because it was it was a very independent horror movie. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, and then I liked, I did like the second and third, but then they, I don't know, they just lost it for me. They almost lost the magic of the first three, and it became too, became too much, uh, go- too gory. It's too focused on the gore and how outrageous and how bloody you can make all the traps and stuff like that. And for me, that just lost. It just lost something for me. Do you know what I mean? And but like. I don't even know what we're on. Like after the, like the fifth or sixth, I was like, I can't w- anymore with these movies. Like it's that question I always ask, and we always talk about the show. It's story versus spectacle. Yeah, you know, everybody wants to talk about do the spectacle, they want to do the whole gore, but you need to tell a coherent story while you're doing it. So I've lost count on the number I've seen. I know I saw the first one, and I saw the second and third. I don't even know how many they are because they, they, I think they were going up to seven, and then they released like a jigsaw movie as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm not too sure. Like. The, the jigsaw movie is on my uh, tablet. You know, I have it saved on my tablet. Like I'm gonna watch it one day, maybe when I'm on the train, I'll just put it on and watch. But I have not got into it. It's been over a year. I saved it on the tablet. I haven't watched it because it's all like you said. It's now more about the gore and all that. It's no longer what it used to it be it did it's i think it's lost its intelligence that's the best thing I, that's the best word it, it it seems they weren't they're not as clever as they were in the first couple of movies that's yeah. why I, think I don't it. think i think what happens in such situations is when they don't plan it to be a franchise it becomes hard to keep telling the story because you write one story with the start with the end and suddenly somebody comes and offers you what 100 million to retell the, you exactly. know i don't think james Wan expected it to be a franchise yeah it, it, it is what it is and I think the same thing happens with all other franchises when it's not made so that's the difference between something like Game of Thrones and some like so Game of Thrones is made to be a franchise it has that universe feel about it that thing about you can expand and do so much with it but in a very little story like this there's very little more you can tell as part of the story, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and um, I've always thought that in general about horror movies in, in in general at all. Like, yeah, there's some horror sequels I do like, but most of the time I prefer horrors to be one and done. Yeah, and then that's it, move on to the next one, sort of thing. Are you excited though that the names attached to it? Is that are you gonna go in because of that, or are you gonna watch this movie at all? Or no, I mean, I never go in to watch stuff because of. Well, I do actually, but no, I'm not really. It doesn't. It, it's. To me, it's more an intrigue than... It's more an intrigue. I'd be intrigued to see what he had in mind, mm-hmm. why he bought this, why he got into this franchise in the first place. So that's more curiosity than anything else. And uh, Samuel Jackson, I'm suspecting, do they want to do a type of Chicago, the Bronx style, black type of soul kind of thing? Maybe that would be interesting. What do you think? 
That, I mean, if it's if it's a different twist on what we've already seen, then yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. If maybe they... a bit more comedy thrown in there. Well, no, I wouldn't want to see comedy on Saw. I don't know. I think sometimes you can get a really nice balance between horror and comedy. Well, it depends on the if writing. If it's done well. Yeah, exactly. Again, it depends on the writing. I, I thought it was done well in Get Out and Us. Yeah. But that's because you have Jordan Peele, who's a comedian. Comedi exactly. Uh, so, again, it all depends on who's writing it as mm -hmm. well. But Samuel Jackson is very capable. He's, he's very capable of having that thing in a film where he can hit comedy and come out of it like straight in. The way he does for Marvel, but like more serious. Mm -hmm. The way he hits comedy, comes out, does the serious thing, goes in, the hits the comedy clients again and all that. So Samuel Jackson is the perfect person to play. But like I said, it's the writing. It's all about the writing. If they told me this was Tarantino. That oh, that would be a different story, isn't it? Oh, right. <laughs> it would be headline, wouldn't it? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Cool. So our next story is from The Joker. Now, we've been getting quite a lot of info from The Joker uh, recently. Uh, that's because the movie's coming out in just a few months. And it's from the director, Todd Phillips. And he had a quote recently saying that it doesn't follow anything from the comics at all. And this is his quote. We didn't follow anything from the comic books, which people are going to be mad about. We just wrote our own version of where a guy like Joker might come from. That's what was interesting to me. We're not even doing Joker, but the story of becoming Joker. It's about this man, end quote. So, Andy, what are your first thoughts from Todd Phillips' comments about the movie that they're making and the fact that they're not touching the comics at all? It strikes me like it's going to be like Brightburn. Brightburn was a Superman movie without Superman. You know, they just told the story. They, all they didn't do was just to say his name is Kyle from Superman's world. In this same vein, this looks to me like it, this is just the story of a guy. Just a separate story of a guy who became a sociopath. And they just put the name Joker on it. It could have been anything else. So this is not the Joker that we know. It's not the Batman Joker. It's just a story of what Joker could have been. The same way Brightburn is a story of what Superman could have been. So it's interesting. It's But one thing I feel about this film is going to be very forgettable. If it's not in like in a universe or it's not part of a bigger story, based on the way our minds have been queued up to think right now, anything that is just a story on its own, you forget it in the next one week. It's not like before where you'd watch one movie and that would keep you, that would stay in your mind for like a whole month before you watch another movie. Because there's so much content out there, you need to be immersed in a story. So one film about Joker, it will still we'll talk about it after the movie, one or two weeks. But after that, six months, everybody's gonna forget about it. That's what I think. Well, I think it all depends on how good the movie is. Even if it's good, people are still gonna forget it. I don't know. I, I I don't think so. Okay, tell me one recent film that has been a one-off, not part of a universe that has just been just one story, and that was it. Comic book related? Um, yeah. Let's start with that. Comic book related. Um, okay, or otherwise, not comic book related. Anything. I mean, well, there's, there's, well, the thing is, it could become a franchise. It's the first one. Which one is that? Uh, well, the, the, what I mean is that the Joker, it could become a franchise. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, we don't know. It, they could easily go, we'll make a second one because it earned a lot of money. Like, yeah. For example, uh, John Wick. Look at John Wick. It's become a franchise, but when they made that first one, they didn't know. They just made this action movie. Oh, they didn't have it in mind to make three of them? No, it's because it earned so much money that they were like, you've you got to make a franchise out of this. Oh, right. I didn't realize that was what yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know, man. These comments in particular, though, uh, I'm really excited about. 
uh, I like the fact that he's not going to the comic books. Uh, and I think that's part of the mystery of the Joker is that he doesn't really have an origin per se, because in the comics, the origin of the Joker has been told countless different times and it's all different every time. Uh, in the movies as well, the Heath Ledger's performance, he told it uh, two or three times, he told the story and it's different each time. So, uh, you know, yes, there will be comic book fans who are angry, but get over it. Like this, is, like you said, he's just telling a story about this man with the sort of comic, uh, sorry, the Joker painted over it. Mm. So is it that nobody really knows the origin of the Joker? Yeah, he's sort of, that. that's the sort of, one of the best things about the Joker is that his origin is sort of surrounded in mystery. Yeah, you just listen to all of them and pick the one you want. Yeah. I mean, I've picked one story to be my origin of Joker. Everybody will probably have theirs because there are so many. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to love the film. It's go, Everybody's going to watch it, going to love it. But my only thing about this is based on what they are saying if this is somehow sort of sort of maybe preparing themselves for the backlash they will get so they're pre-warning us that look you're not gonna get the movie you're, you're expecting this is so i think this is what the directors are doing they're just telling us now so that we don't end their career mm. because right now i think it's pretty evident though from the trailer and everything if if people haven't got that yet this is th i think this these comments are more confirmation of what we already sort of knew well uh, but it's almost like hitting the head over it to let some people who probably still don't understand that this is on its own. Forget about this interconnected universe. This is its own thing. And I love that. Yeah, but we know. We run a podcast. We know. Most people who are like in the industry oh, know Oh, yeah, they don't clue, no. They will know. But like normal people are not going to... No, that's what I mean. It's gonna. They're just going to get... But again, it doesn't matter as long as the movie's good. Mm. That's the most important. They make the movie good... And everyone's happy. So far, what we've seen is going to be really exactly. good. I'm, I'm hoping, really hoping this movie is going to be killer. I'm really excited for it. So, yeah. Because, it, because if it does well, other people will do this. Mm -hmm. And we'll start to see different takes on different backstories exactly. and all that. Like, so, like I said, I think this the perfect comparison is a movie like Logan. Mm. Yes. Do you yes. know what I mean? Yes. Even though that was part of a connected universe, it was loosely connected. Yeah. But it was really made as a as a one-off sort of thing. And yeah. I think that's the closest comparison. So. Yeah, I agree with you there. I just, me too, I, I hope it works out because if it works out, other people do it. You know, I usually say when I, it's a bad idea, I hope it fails. For example, last week when we were talking about this thing about that um, they did with Marvel, like re-released it because they added one scene. I was hoping that would flop because if it flops, nobody's going to do it again. So this is the opposite of that. I'm hoping it does well. So people do more of it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. So from one big franchise of the DC Universe, we go to the land of Westeros. Mm. And the Game of Thrones prequel series, as we have discussed, they've kicked up production. And George R.R. R. Martin has come out recently and has said that the prequel series will feature the Starks and Direwolves. Now, I'm going to hand this over to our resident Game of Thrones guy. Yep. What are your thoughts on this? And uh, So when we hear the Starks, we shouldn't confuse it with the Starks of Game of Thrones. Now, the Starks we saw in the Game of Thrones is a family that has been around for thousands of years. So, the Starks that they are talking about, I suspect, is Bran the Builder. Bran the Builder is the guy who built the wall, you know, because they, are, they, they have said this prequel series explores the Night King and what happened in the, before the wall, the Long Night and all of that. I actually feel one of the reasons why there are still so many questions are about the Night King in Game of Thrones is because they were holding that back for the prequel series. 
So this is all going to explore what happened around that time, how the world was built, the real origin of the White Walkers and what he was actually being motivated by. So we're really going to see all of that in this series. So to qualify the statement that R.R. Martin says, don't think we're going to see Jon Snow and Sansa and Arya and all that. We're, no, we're not even going to see Ned Stark. We're going to see their great, 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 great grand ancestor. So let's just qualify that. Then the dire wolves, you know, the wolves have always been in the Stark history. It's, that, it's the emblem. It's the emblem. So we're going to probably see where that whole thing came from because each of those, each of the families in Game of Thrones, they, they are emblems. There is a story behind it. There's a reason why the Lannisters is the lion and why the Baratheons is the stag and why, um, of course, we know why the Targaryens is the dragon. So there's a story behind all of that. So I guess this dire wolf thing, we will eventually also see why the Starks are so spiritually connected to the dire wolves. So anything to do with this Game of Thrones prequel series, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I'm still missing um, Game of Thrones and I'm still recovering from how season eight ended. Yeah, I mean, I can't really add any more to that. You've pretty much answered that. Yeah, all I can say is I, I sort of knew this was uh, like this is again it's more confirmation of sort of what we already knew yeah uh but it's nice to come actually hear it from george R. R. martin himself so yeah i'm super excited i'm just like we said i'm wondering when this is going to come out i like i said i think 2021 i hope it's next year i mean if they've started production now there's no reason why they won't it won't be out next year all depends how long the post-production takes yeah they won't, it's a pilot they probably wouldn't do too much cgi you know like in the first season of game of thrones there wasn't much cgi because it was still yeah. a pilot, they well, weren't they're gonna sure. Going to be building the story, yeah. Yeah, they weren't sure they were going to. They didn't know it was going to be this big, you know. So hopefully, I'm hoping it's next year. I can't do another two years without Game of Thrones. I, I really can't. I just want. I want more stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would like it to come out next year. I just don't. Realistically, the way I think it's going to play out, I don't think it is. I think it's going to come out early 2021. Okay. Early 2021. We shall see. Cool. Uh, so speaking of Game of Thrones and HBO. It's finally been announced. Warner Media's streaming service has a name and a release date, and it is going to be called HBO Max. HBO Max. Max. Everything's <laughs> Max. It's unlimited. And it's going to be coming out spring of 2020. So this is pretty huge. So I was reading the report of what this streaming service is going to entail. So basically, it's going to have all of HBO. So all of Game of Thrones and all of that will be on there, uh, as well as all the programs from Warner Brothers, New Line Media, DC Entertainment, CNN, TNT, TBS, True TV, The CW, uh, Cartoon Network, uh, Looney Tunes, and more. Uh, just loads, 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 loads. As well as they're bringing back the office, uh, sorry, the Friends, and all these other things. And we have briefly spoken about uh, the June. TV series that's coming, that's going to be on there. And we'll see as well what J.J. Uh, Abrams is going to bring with his uh, mm. deal with Warner Brothers now. But there it is, HBO Max. So it's going to be, is it a worldwide release or? Uh, there's no information on that yet, but most likely it will be exclusively in America, in the U.S., and then a bit later it'll come worldwide. Right, okay. Well, I don't know, man. Fingers crossed. It a lot of content, though. Yeah, there's a lot of old content. Um, does that mean that they will take the stuff that is already out there? Because there is HBO on, on, um, on yeah, Sky HBO, and yeah. all on all of that. So are they going to remove because like Disney has done, take all their content? Most from likely, them? most likely, right. and it will all be in house. In house, right? 
that's weird because right now so stations like um things like sky that uh, you know compiles all these channel these things together as channels it's now compiling it together as apps they're no longer they shouldn't be as appealing as they used to be because now it's no nobody no, no you don't need to have a channel now all you need is an app it's a streaming service. it's a streaming service that has all your stuff there mm-hmm. people are no longer tied to schedules I have to be home at eight o'clock to watch this. No, that's the old watch way it whenever thing. you want. Watch it whenever you want. You know, oh, I can't wait for this story. No, I can't wait for next week's episode. No, watch the entire thing. There, whenever there, will, you want. there will still be stuff like tune in next week. You know, it's not going to be all bingeable. I think it's going to die. That model is going to die. I don't think it does because you still get it in places like uh, Amazon and stuff. No, I, it's in the infancy. I think what's going to happen is with more filmmakers coming in, more streaming services coming in, and the streaming. You know, we've talked about this before. Streaming is the future. It's not. It's not coming and going. It's the future. So with more creators, everybody's doing everything for streaming. Very soon, the appeal for traditional storytelling week by week is going to go. The only things that you, in my opinion, that you will now have like um, week by week would be TV shows. Like that's what I mean. Game shows. No, I mean mean actual. I think there's still a lot of people who want that. I'm one who wants that. I want both. Give me streaming. Give me bingeable and give me weekly because there's certain shows that I like looking forward to next week to get a new episode. It's like going to the comic book store. Ooh, buy an issue and then the next week oh, I can't wait to have what, find out what happens next there's a bit of excitement that I like and I still think there's a big proportion of people who do enjoy that no I actually like it I like the fact that you know like when Game of Thrones was on like on a Saturday I'd think about Monday night and I'd be excited you know so it's it's something that needs to come all I'm just saying is that the way the world is, you know everything it's not just film the entire world is changing the way we behave the way we setting things it's all changing and right now the way we consume content is changing and the mental patience for that is dying so i can understand why you like it because you've grown up in an era where everything was weekly but now think about a, a kid who's just coming of age right now and all he knows is netflix that's all he knows. He's not going to care about the shoes coming out next I, week. I, no, I completely agree with you. I just don't think they'll g- completely get rid of it for a while. It'll be a while. Because, like I said, there's still a large proportion of us, the adults, who still like weekly TV. Since when did businesses care about the adults? They only care about what the kids like. Because the, well, no, because a, a streaming service like HBO Max is clearly targeted towards more adults than kids. Well, HBO... Their, their, their content is adult content. It's mature it's, content. It's mature yeah. content. Yeah, so I can see what you're saying there. Mm, yeah, okay. I mean, we shall all see. All I'm just saying is just trying to predict what's going to happen in the mm-hmm. future. I really think... I also kind of... I like in the sense, like like I said, I like binging, but I also like in the sense of like, uh, water, you know, water cooler talk. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I go to work and somebody else goes to work. We've both seen the same episode. We can talk about it there. Yeah. One person is not three episodes in front of the other one or yeah. you know what I mean like yeah. we can talk Everybody's, on the yeah. same wavelength so yeah. yeah I mean it's good but the businesses do they really care about that we'll see like I said we'll see it like uh, so back to HBO Max uh, is this a s- streaming service that you're gonna purchase Are you, it's gonna, I, it's, there's no word on the price yet but it's gonna people talking about something like 17 or 18 dollars a month 18 no that's too expensive no well it's people already pay 15 for HBO 
Oh, right. I mean, that means so, I don't so, know. So people who already pay for HBO, you pay an extra $3 and you get everything else. Well, man, I don't personally, I don't know how that will fly here in the UK where, you know, I don't know how that will fly. Spotify, hundreds of millions of songs, five pounds. Netflix. Is it, Spotify is 10 pounds. Is it? Yeah, it's 10 pounds. I'm that rich. I don't know how much I spend. Mm. Spotify, 10 pounds, hundreds of millions of songs. Netflix is what? How much? Uh, Netflix is, I think it's 8.99 now. Eight nine, I mean, these things are cheap. Once you hit that, past that 10 mark and 20, nah, I don't know. I don't know. I personally will because I, I will, but I don't know how much. Again, for people... me, it all depends on the content. Mm. If it's got really good content that I need to watch, then everybody's raving about. I'm going to pay for the service and get it. But this, this is the thing where we're talking about streaming wars. When there's going to be so many of them, you now have to choose, oh man, which ones do I buy? Because I can't pay for them all. Yeah. It's going to cost you hundreds of pounds a month. Yeah. Like, so it's, it, it has to be like, you got to share it with, okay, you get um, Apple TV, I get um, HBO, you get Fox, or you get Disney. You know, people will start sharing their accounts. And I hope they have that, um, I hope they have the Netflix model where mm -hmm. you can have different um, users inside the app. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they will. I'm yeah. sure they will. So from HBO Max to the trusty, reliable Netflix and the great David Fincher is teaming up with Gary Oldman for in Netflix to do a biopic on the screenwriter of Citizen Kane. That's George Orwell. Yes. Orson Welles. Sorry, Orson Welles. Sorry, Orson Welles. Orson Welles. Sorry. So, I mean, we all know, Andy, you're a huge Citizen Kane fan. I mean, I think if you're a film fan in general, you like Citizen Kane. It's arguably one of the best films ever created. Yes. Uh, so I'm I'm super excited for this. As but if it's well the the talents David Fincher and Gary Oldman, that is a pairing right there. So I can't wait for this. This the story of Citizen Kane and George Orwell. Orson Welles. Sorry, is the O R the O R in their names keeps and Orson Welles. It deserves nothing less than this. It deserves nothing less than a David Fincher or a Spielberg or one of these top, top directors. That man's story deserves it. I am so, I can't imagine how excited I am about this because Citizen Kane, I've, we've said it on the show when we're asked, to me is one of my top five films of all time, mm -hmm. you know, and the fact that they're bringing it, they're modernizing it and the names behind it, David Fincher, these are people I trust that will do the story justice. So I'm very excited about this. No dates have been released, I assume. No, nothing yet, nothing yet. Um, like I said, it's just the first announcement that this is actually happening. So they're probably at the minute in pre-production. Yeah, it'll take them years, but whenever this comes out, I am certain it's gonna be really good. Citizen Kane is one of the best, it's an old film. It's what done 40s, in the- 40s, 50s? Yeah, about there. It was in black and white, yeah. 50s, late 50s, or early 60s. It was a very old film. But you need to consider that at the time, this was that film was groundbreaking because cinematography hadn't reached no that, that was level. yeah it was a different yeah. level. So it's such a good film. It's one of my favorites. So I'm just happy that they're bringing it to life again. Yeah, and, and from and it, again Netflix and the team behind it, who better people to do it? Exactly. And I know it sounds like a hypocrite, and you know I'm always saying how they should let classic stories die, and I'm. That's this is different though because they're not retelling Citizen Kane they're doing a biopic on the on screen the, on the screenwriter so yeah. it's different yeah. yeah it's true it's a story of, of Orson Welles the creation of the film not the actual film itself so, that, so that's, that's so alright yeah that's true that's cool true. 
And then we head over to Disney Plus. And Andy, you didn't even know about this, did you? So uh, I knew about this ages ago, and that is a Falcon and Winter Soldier series is happening. And they have recruited Derek Kolstad to write and ex I think, uh, I'm not too sure. Yes, just the writing for the series. And just to clarify, Derek Kolstad is the guy who wrote John Wick. He's the, the creator of John Wick. He's the creator of John Wick. The character and, and the three movies that we, we have seen. I'm really excited about this because when they announced that they're doing a Falcon and Winter Soldier series, I was like already piecing in my head, what's this series going to be? And I'm thinking spy, thriller, uh, espionage type of thing. And then when they say Derek Kolstad's going to do the writing, I'm like, that makes really good sense because he's just come off a really good one with three, in my opinion, very good action movies. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you can bring that sense of style to the Falcon and Winter Soldier series, it's going to be six episodes confirmed. That's it, one and done. Bring it on. And obviously, the actors, it's not, um, it's not what's his name? Who did it in the movies? It's the same people. Oh, the same two of yeah, them, Bucky Anth and... Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan. Okay. Coming back to do their roles. As well as, uh, I can't remember the actress's name, but Agent 13, Sharon Carter, she's also coming back. And uh, the guy, the, the bad guy in Civil War, what was his name? The guy from Sokovia. I don't remember his name, but I know Civil who he is. Civil War, the guy who pitted the yeah, two teams. I know he, who you're on about. He's coming back as well for this series. Okay, this is interesting. But it's, I think this is probably the first time, or tell me if I'm wrong, like normally you don't get people from the films going to the series. Yeah, well, this is a connected universe. It's a connected universe now. So you gotta have, it's and got it's, to be the same actors, yeah. It, well, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be because... But, but what you, Marvel, it has to be. With Marvel, it has to be because they know... They can't. They wouldn't do it any. They wouldn't do it otherwise. Agents of Shield. It's the same people. From uh, Colston from the movies. Did you have Jam Samuel Jackson in it? Yep. In Agents of Shield. Yeah, he, he's not. He's not a series regular, but he's he's a he's had a couple of cameos. Okay, I didn't realize that because I never watched it. It's all of connected. Shield. So they actually use the same people. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's the same. They're also doing a Vision and Scarlet Witch series. And it's the same. The same, same people. They're that's, doing a Loki series. They're bringing Tom Hiddleston back. Yeah, that's impressive. That's really impressive. Because, like, you know, like, in the DC universe, you have the CW shows, like, The Flash, you know? But, so, D Disney is, I mean, following a different, more... They're, well, they're following the connected, whole, everything's connected. Yeah. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. Um, that's good. That's really good. It, no, it's fun. And I can't wait to watch this series again. I, I think it's going to be a really good series. I think they've got a really good lineup so far, so... Super excited for Disney Plus to drop, uh, and again, another series, another series, man, just killing it at the minute with all these TV shows we're getting, and that is the King himself, oh. Zack Schneider. He is back, baby. He is back. I mean, well, we did briefly talk about a few weeks ago that he's joining Netflix to do a Army of the Dead movie, which we talked about that, so you can check that out on our other episode. But he is teaming up with Netflix again to produce an anime series based on Norse mythology. So Odin, Thor, Loki, Asgard, all that crazy stuff. This is perfect, I think. I, when you get a director like Zack Schneider, who is, he's a visual director. You know, he, he's all about storyboards and everything. So I think anime is the perfect place for him. And when you give him a mythology like the Norse mythology, where he can go crazy, this, it, and on Netflix as well, this seems perfect. Yeah, I mean, me. see what he did with 300. Yeah, exactly. I mean, come on, see what he did with 300. I mean, and you now give him Netflix as a platform. And Netflix, 
are crazy. They can do anything, mm-hmm. you know. So he will have creative freedom. They're letting him off the reins. And this is actually... We've all read his comics. We've all seen what he can do. I mean, this is... This made my day. I think you sent me the text yesterday and I was like, you just made my day. I, I can't talk more about this because we will spend the rest of the show talking about it. But this absolutely... I think... This is probably going to be up there with Love, Death, and Robots when that's, it comes to yes, animations. Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking when when I first heard this news. I was like, they're going to do like a Love, Death, and Robots sort of thing. So it's literally off the reins. Just go crazy. Yeah. Do do what you want. Yeah. Oh man, Zach Now, do you want it to be like Love, Death, and Robots, like an anthology? Each episode's a different story, or do you want it to be like episode one to episode ten, one continuous story? One, one continuous story. One continuous story. Yeah, because. One thing about Zack Snyder as well is his stories are very deep. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to actually listen. You can't be distracted with a spectacle. So if they have different... Which is difficult with Zack Snyder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, if they had different styles, I would be trying to watch the story and understand the story, but at the same time, I appreciate the theme that... The animated the theme they are using, and that would be too distracting. So I just want to have one theme and just focus on that story. But... I mean, you've seen Vikings, haven't you? Oh, I love Vikings. You know? I love Vikings. So in that in anime form, but also the mythology part of it. Yeah. So we're going to be up in the with the gods. Oh, and it's this guy, Zack Schneider. I mean, he's... I'm wh- happy he's back at work. Yes, yes. After he lost, it, you know, he's, he had a tragic... His daughter, he lost his daughter. So it's good to be back. It's good that's all done with. Hope, hopefully he's doing well. And I'm happy everybody accepted him. He's back in the game. I wish there was a date for this so I could put it on the calendar and start timing that. I can't wait to review the trailer when it's out. Oh, yeah. Again, I can't wait. Is that, that's what I mean. I think Netflix, like with this and with the sh- movie he's doing, I think Netflix seems to be the perfect home for Zack Snyder at the minute. So he can just go a bit crazy for a bit. Then maybe he can come back and do a big film. Yeah, I thought I told you that Netflix, Apple Plus has nothing on Netflix. No, because uh, uh, Apple, Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, it won't go to these lengths. Yeah. You know, they won't break the boundary with something like this. Exactly. Yeah. That's not just style. Yeah, Till they start losing money, then they'll then we'll, Then we'll see. Then we'll see. Yeah, but no, this is good. Zack Schneider to produce an anime series about Norse mythology. Crazy. Uh, amazing. And so a next series that's been developing, and I am so excited for this. I can't believe it's finally happening. And that is Amazon are adapting Brian K. Vaughn's comic book series paper girls i love this comic book series it's so so good and i'm so excited that they're finally adapting it to a tv series i think a tv series is perfect for it and the best way to summarize paper girls is that imagine stranger things in space Stranger Things in space. So there is a multi-dimensional monster who's trying to... Sort of. There's monsters in there, but it's more of a a journey sort of thing. Like they're traveling through space, if you know what I mean. And it all takes place over... I think it's four, yeah, it's four girls uh, on bicycles who they got transported to space, uh, but they used to, they're called paper girls because they do paper rounds. Mm. So that's why. It's, Brian K. Vaughan's writing on this is amazing. He's one of my favorite comic book writers. He, you know, he did Why the Last Man and, and Saga, which are some of the best stuff out there at the minute. So I'm super excited that they're doing this. And again, Amazon taking this sort of material and adapting it like they're doing with The Boys, like they did with Preacher. This is what I like to see with the comic book franchise, trying these things and moving different directions. Right, yeah. I mean, 
Amazon, they still have, they haven't convinced everybody, have they? Not yet, but like I said, if they keep doing stuff like this, they're getting me. Yeah. They get with these type of shows, they're getting me. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I've not. Your this story was the first time I've heard of Paper Girls, so I've not heard of it. So you have more into it. You're more excited, clearly, than I am. But um, like I said, Amazon still. I mean, I pay for it. I have it, but I can't remember the last time I went on there to watch a show on Amazon Prime. It's just not convincing. It, if you think about streaming, the first thing that comes to your mind is Netflix. It's Netflix, you know, and um, hopefully with shows like this, they... they, I, they think, I think they're stepping up their up, game yeah. now. Like I said, with The Boys, Preacher, and now this, and then anything else they want to be doing. So, and our next story of the week is John Favreau, and he says that he's already writing and pre-shooting season two of The Mandalorian. Again, I'm so excited about this because... This just proves for me that they are extremely confident in season one. Yep. He says it's done. It's in the can. It's ready to be released. Wow. Uh, next month in August, D23, the big Disney um, convention. And it's, they confirmed that Mandalorian is going to have its own panel. And we will see an exclusive first peak. At it, and that will be released worldwide to the world, unlike the one that was at Star Wars Celebration. So, Andy, you heard Favreau's comments and that he's already kicking off for season two. What do you think? <laughs> Man, he's got, he's got balls. <laughs> the has got balls. He's so confident in what he's done. And they're so confident that everybody will like this, that they've already invested in the second. Like, that's some next-level confidence, you know? And I'm pretty excited about The Mandalorian because, you know, like we're talking off air, this is the first non-Skywalker story on we're going to see on screen. Nothing to do with the Skywalkers. It's in the same universe, of course, but it's nothing to do with them directly. So, and I've always said, I've always said that what makes Star Wars Star Wars is the Jedi or is the Jedi and the Force. The force. Yeah. Like if you do anything Star Wars without the Jedi and the Force, it's going to flop. And I believe that was one of the reasons why um, The Last Jedi was what it was because it didn't have enough of Jedi and it had enough of the Force. So this is an experiment where there is no Jedi and there is no Force. So I'm like... Again, but it was it has been done before in Rogue One and it done very well. Like Again, you could argue that Darth Vader was in there, but he, it wasn't a part of the movie, really. The whole movie, the Force is there. But you had the Force there, dude. Yeah, but you'll have the Force in this as well. The Force is always going to be there. The Force will always be there, and I guarantee you, in this show, the Force will be mentioned, and the Jedi will be mentioned. It will be mentioned, and the Luke Skywalker will be mentioned. The legends of Luke Skywalker as fan service, but not as part of the story. No, yep. exactly. But but it, the, the Rogue One was part of the fan service. It wasn't part of the story. I mean, you could. I mean, we're not on, those, on Jin those Star Wars. And Cassian is not. They're not for. It wasn't part of their story. The story was getting the plans and. Without them, I know this is not a Star Wars panel, so we won't talk much about it. But without Gene and without those two guys, would they have gotten to where they needed to be? No, they needed yeah, but them. They, they didn't have the Force on their side. Yeah, but they were they were Force, they were f worshippers of the Force, so to speak. Yeah, but they didn't use the Force. No, they didn't. That's what I mean. So that's what I mean. So the Force will always be a part of Star Wars. Whatever you watch, it's just how much they use it and how it's used. But it's always there. It's always there. So, and like I said, we will see the Force mentioned in Mandalorian, but it's 
mainly going to be based on these bounty hunters in the Western style. So, and that's that's what makes me excited for it. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm excited. I'm happy. I think I'm going to love it because I saw that clip. I think I'm going to really love it. And I'm just scared that this is this is a big leap. And not just is a big leap, but the filmmakers are so confident that even though this is a big leap, you're going to love it so much that without your feedback, we are already designing the next version. Sorry, the next episode. That's amazing confidence. So I've got ultimate faith in John Favreau. Yeah. And that is it for the news. As I said at the beginning of the show, it's taken up the majority of it. But now we're going to go into the next segment of the show, and that is the trailer park. They've done studies, you know, 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. So, Andy, yeah. had a few trailers drop this week, mm -hmm. and the first one that is is from Disney, and that is the live-action Mulan. Now, I hadn't seen this trailer. I waited for you to come here in the studio so we watch it together. Yeah. And both of us, we were absolutely floored with this oh, trailer. Man. This was not what I was expecting when I pressed play on the trailer. This looks so damn good oh, the cinematography my. just looks gorgeous the use of color and lighting is fabulous and the the fights and action scenes when she's twirling that sword around it just looks amazing this looks like a really serious film as mm -hmm. well mm -hmm. uh, the director did come out and say that there will be no songs uh, there'll be no mushu the dragon none of that stuff this is going to be a serious film obviously that kids will still be able to see mm -hmm. But uh, this looks awesome to me, and the fact that they've got an all-Asian cast as all well. All-Asian cast. Yep. Not a, from, well, there may be some people there, but probably not. There's not a white guy in sight, mm -hmm. and I hope they keep it that way. But yeah, this trailer is amazing. Oh. The music, the cinematography, the action, everything about it looks awesome. And now I went from, yeah, I'll see Mulan, to I can't wait to see this movie. Oh my God, I can't wait to see this movie. This movie hit me in where... In places reserved for things like Game of Thrones and Star Wars and all those stories, this is where this trailer hit me, man. It was so good. Mulan, like, when, when you told me there will be no dragon, no Eddie Murphy, I was like, oh my God, how are you going to do that? But this looks amazing. It's beautifully crafted. It's a beautifully crafted movie. And we know the story. We know it's a very good story. And the Disney... Powerful story. Powerf very powerful and empowering story, Yes. And the cartoon, the cartoon version was about had love, love there and all of that. I don't think these ones are going there. This one is more about family honor and mm -hmm. overcoming your, you know, where you're coming from. Where you're coming from doesn't have to determine where you're going to and all of that. I think that's where they will explore with this. But it's so um, refreshing to see an all Asian cast. The story is about Asian people. Can Asian people actually act an Asian film, you know? So finally, you know, and I, I keep saying this every year, every time we talk about this topic, Hollywood has really impressed me. Since they owned up to their mistakes, they've really impressed me. And, and this, this is just great. It's a good film. Um, the only thing that might be a problem, I don't think it would be a problem, is the whole, it, does, it comes in in film in Asia, when it comes between China, Japan, and some of those kingdoms in China, what they portray, they're very sensitive about how they portray certain parts of their history. So I can suspect that there'll be a bit of political commentary going on around that time. 
But for the spectacle of the story, this is great. I'm looking forward to it. So excited for this. Like I said, it's bumped from, I, I guess I'll see this movie too. I'm so excited. To Definitely. See this. So guys, it's check out the first trailer for live action Mulan. Mulan. It's it, great. And another movie coming from Disney is the sequel to Maleficent. And it's called Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. Now, going into this trailer, I was already skeptical. I did not enjoy the first one. Mm -hmm. I thought it was kind of boring and bland. Didn't do anything for me, personally. You enjoyed the first one. I liked one. it, you, yes. you liked it. Yeah. Uh, but this trailer, it looks okay. I'm not, gonna go, I'm, I'm not there to say that, oh, yeah, I'm going to go see this movie. I'll, it looks okay. The visuals look awesome. Yes. The CGI looks very well done. Um, Angelina Jolie, you know, she kicks, knocks it out of the park in whatever she does. I didn't enjoy the first movie, but I enjoyed her in the role. So I'm look, I'll see her in the role. Uh, but the story itself, it looks looks interesting. You know, it looks like a battle of houses, and like you shouldn't marry this person, almost like a Mulan sort of thing. You know, it's got to be very family oriented. The story, uh, but like I said, I'm TBD at the minute. I don't know. I didn't enjoy the first one, so that still leaves it on there for me. But we'll see. Yeah, I think I liked it. I mean, when I saw the trailer, one thing that struck me was the spe the visuals, the CGI. This is not one of those ones where they, you see the trailer and they'll be like, yeah, the CGI will be good before they've finished the CGI. It's ready and it looks pristine. It's a very beautiful film, very well colored. Like you said, Angelina Jolie is Angelina Jolie. She's going to crush it, where, whatever role you give to her. And it looks like she crushed it. And it's it's it looks good. I mean, we all know the story. We all know how it's gonna end with Disney stories. Good will always triumph over evil. That's a Disney for you. It's just how we get there. And this looks to me like it's gonna be a spectacle. I don't know if I'm gonna go to the cinema to see it, but I'm definitely gonna see it. At some point. At some point, yes. Right. Cool. Uh yeah, like I said, TBD for me. I'll wait on that one. Uh the next trailer we have is Judy. And this movie stars Renee Zellweger as the iconic Judy Garland. Judy Garland was a very famous singer during uh, the 50s and 60s, during the time of Frank Sinatra and all that. I believe even earlier, 40s as well, that we go far back as that. Uh, the trailer looks very good, if you ask me. It looks like an amazing performance from Renee Zellweger. It's got Oscar written all over it. I was it. just going to say, you said this has got Oscar on it. All over it. like. And are you talking about the movie itself or specifically Renee's performance? Renee's performance as actress and the movie itself. Oh, you think the yeah, movie Yeah, I as think well? the movie. Wow, okay. Yeah, because it's very American. It's a very loved character. And uh, from the trailer, the... the the, from the trailer, I say it's American, but in, it was shot in, in the, the in the UK, yeah. right? But um, the performance looks like it's one of those perform. You know how it is. We said this around last year, when we saw Green Mile, um, the Green, Green Book, Book, Green yeah. Book. Yeah, we said it on the show that there are some shows that some films you just watch and you know this film is just built for an Oscar. Yeah, it's or made. It's for made Oscar. for an Oscar. And yeah. this performance, this is an Oscar perform. And to yeah. me. This one just smells Oscar all over it. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. Specific, I d don't know about the movie yet. I'll need to see the movie first. But performance-wise, yeah, it, she looks like she's going to kill it in this role. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm into anything Renee does, to be honest, because she's just a phenomenal actress. And Yeah, and she's getting to that Judy Dench level, that um, level of, yeah. yeah, you know, you're not on the normal level. You're on that, 
iconic level where people just a star level uh, yeah star level you know so where I'm people happy. just your phone's ringing all the time yeah uh, so it's good I think her performance was quite powerful so it's I'm, I might see this in the cinema I think so yeah, yeah. I think so I, I'm, what, I'm, what I might do is I might uh, wait for see what the first reviews come out with and if mm -hmm. they're positive then I'll be like yeah cool mm -hmm. definitely gonna go see this yeah so a tr so that's what's that called that one's called Judy okay Judy so this film, I definitely actually am going to see in the tr in the cinema, and that is Teacher, featuring David Dashamishan and Kevin Pollock. This is an intense trailer. I, I it took a twist that I didn't think we were going. Uh, it looks like it's to be uh, this teacher who's facing off cross with his bully of some kind, and then it but it looks like it goes much higher than just the bully itself. He's got looks like he's got a powerful father. Uh, and then in the trailer, he's figuring out how to stop this bully, and he goes fishing. Go, he's a, what's that word? A catfishing. Catfishing. Yeah, yeah. He, he pretends to be a girl and entices this guy. And this looks like a really intense thriller. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's it's the type of movie that I'm really into. So yeah, I really like David as well as an actor. So I, I'm all over this film. Yeah, and this David Daltmanshian, mm -hmm. Daltmanshian, David Daltman. He Daltmanshian. Yeah. yeah, he has that very evil genius look about him and the styling they gave him in the film you can totally see him locking up a kid in the basement and torturing Going him crazy yeah. you can totally see it from the styling it's got a bit crazy him. in his eye yeah yeah and he's just built for that kind of part so yeah it's interesting yeah it looks good um i didn't get i maybe it was just me not paying as close attention as you i didn't get as much detail into the story as you did watching it i didn't you know, it's now that you're saying some things, I'm like, oh, is that really what that guy was and all that? So maybe I need to watch it again. But, you know, he's a very good actor. Even the guy who was playing the kid's dad, mm -hmm. I don't know his name. Kevin Pollock. Kevin Pollock, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's up there. Yeah, he's very good. Yeah, he's up there as well. So whoever the producer, for them to have brought together these people, it, it looks like a good show. Obviously, it's not a hundred million dollar film. No, no, it's, it's, a, just, it's a small indie yeah. thriller sort yeah. of style. Yeah. Uh, but it looks really good. Yeah. Like, that's what I mean. And, I, and I'm and i a sucker for a good thriller. I, I like movies that keep me on the edge of my seat. And also this movie, like, you know, the other one you said, this one smells Oscar all over it. This one smells like it's got a twist all over it. Yeah. I feel I, I feel as at the end, there's going to be this big twist. Going to probably kidnap the father. Or it's probably oh. I think even crazy. I don't know. I think, we're, I think we're in for something that you're like, whoa, like... I think we're going to get quite nasty. It, this like, is probably something you go see in the cinema. I mean, this is a good... I'm it, seeing this from yeah, the cinema. Yeah, I'm definitely seeing this. So it, like I said, it's I'm a sucker for an intense thriller. Mm. So, yeah. And the final trailer of the week is Freaks. Uh, this is a new sci-fi thriller movie by the looks of it. And I'm, I'm going to let you start this one off, Andy, because mm. I didn't really know what I was watching for half of the trailer. Yeah, it has to do... So when I watched it, it had this feeling of if X-Men was made for a more mature audience, this is what it would be like. So the part of X-Men I'm talking about is, you know, X-Men is sort of a metaphor for inequality in society, for racism or homophobia and all of that. So this kind of looks into... It has similar tropes in the sense that the people who have special powers are being killed and it looks like this dad has kept this girl under lock and key and somehow there's this connection to their mom and there is also this guy who's involved i don't know how he's involved That's some old guy the yeah, old yeah, guy yeah. yeah 
so he's involved one way or the other you know and there is that thing going on but what really struck me is just that take on there is freaks the people we call freaks they are being treated in a certain way and the story is about these people trying to liberate themselves mm -hmm. from their yeah that's that's sort of what i got as well from the trailer uh but there's there's a lot in the trailer as well that i didn't quite grasp i was like okay i, I sort of get what we're going for here but it looks a bit all over the place i don't know maybe i just wasn't a big fan of the trailer itself mm. but it did a good enough job to intrigue me to go okay what's this do you know what i mean yeah. I, I is this one for the cinema for you i don't know yet for me it's not for the cinema um but i'll watch it as quickly as i can because you know the reason why i think this trailer was that you know there's there are no names no yeah yeah, no yeah names. it seems like quite a small project exactly so they have to sell it in the best way they can so they put in their best cgi shots whether i helped to help or not they just put in their best cgi shots the best they could do all matched it all up together and you get this from this type of film but um i don't know how you know what? I probably will see it in the cinema. You probably will. Yeah. I see it. Let me know how it is. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll get back to you. When is it out again? Um, well, it's actually going to be premiering next week at uh, San Diego Comic Con. Okay. So, so it's going to be probably. premiering there. So probably a few weeks after that, it'll probably come out worldwide. Yeah. yeah. I will see. I will let you know what it. Uh, I'll tell you about it. It's, so it's called Freaks, guys. Freaks, yeah. Freaks. It's nice. So can you just run down the films we've spoken about? Just so in case the guys want to listen. Yeah. So um, I, I don't know if you've seen recently in our description, I've been putting the links to the trailers there. So if you want to check them out, you can click on the links below. But we had a look at Mulan, the live action movie from Disney. Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, Judy, Teacher, and Freaks. A lot of one one words, one-liners <laughs> one yeah. here. But yeah, all the trailer links will be underneath. And that is it for the trailer park, Andy. Yeah, that's actually true. Mulan, Maleficent, Judy, Teacher, Freaks. All, all one, one word. All one word. Yeah. <laughs> what a coincidence. Yes, but that's it. Thank that's you. it. So yeah, uh, like I said, love the Mulan trailer. All the others, they seem decent enough. Mm. But yeah. Yeah. But Mulan is definitely the stealer today. So that is it for our stay at the trailer park. And unfortunately, we have no Twitter questions today, but we do have what's coming for you guys. You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? So, Andy, mm. there's a huge movie coming out this week. Yeah. And uh, it is Disney's... The Lion King. Yes. Now, there's a lot of controversy surrounding this, mo uh, this movie at the minute. Unfortunately so. Unfortunately so. Um, it's it's interesting because you s there's I, I see a big split. If you just, just go on Twitter and you'll see half the people are like, uh, I don't know, it really didn't do it, didn't add anything to the story. And then you have an, the other half of the people are like, oh my God, I loved it. It's amazing. The one thing that they all agree with is that it looks stunning. I think we sort of already knew that going yeah. in from the trailers. It, it does look gorgeous. Don't get me wrong. John Favreau is a master at creating the visual elements. But again, I'm going to hold my thoughts or judgment until I've seen the movie. Mm -hmm. But from what I'm hearing, it's something that I, I feared ab about uh, a lot of the Disney movies in general. Is that are you just copying the original without doing anything new? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like I'm all for remaking the film, but just give me the same story something. in a different in a yeah. do something new with the story. 
And from what I've heard, it's the same story. Just the same Beat thing. for beat. Uh, so I don't know. Again, I'm going to wait until I see the movie, but we'll see. They should have told the story of Scar. They should have told him from Scar's point of view. Well, yeah. I, I don't know. Again, I don't know what, yeah. what point of view they did tell the story. We, but um, We only know it in hindsight. I'm scared now. I'm now scared because um, this Lion King is not just any Disney movie. This is... It's the, one of their best. It's yeah. one of their best. And um, to tarnish that legacy of Lion King will just be a big shame. So I'm just hoping people are just being people on the internet and just saying we'll see. all that. Like, we'll uh, see. I mean, it's like some of the criticisms I did see were not from just like angry trolls. It was from people who legit me are film critics and stuff and they know what they're talking about. But again, from the other side, there's people who love it. So it seems very divisive, this film. Mm. And I think the only way we can make up our minds is by seeing Watch the movie. It. Will we have a separate our line? Yes, yep. we will. We're definitely, I mean, I've already got my tickets, so I'll be going to see that movie on Friday. All right. What about you? I will see it this week. I can't say what day, but we'll certainly see it. And we'll have a Lion King review we episode. Will. And we'll let you all and know we'll about it. we'll go deep dive into the Lion King. Yeah. And with that, that is the end of our show. Quite a packed show for you guys. A lot of news and a lot of trailers. Uh, but before we sign off, Andy, where can the lovely people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Unduaj, which is at N-D-U-A-J. That's November Delta Uniform Alpha Juliet. And you can find me at Sweaty Jake on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also listen to this episode as you are now and all our previous episodes on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And also find us at Film 7 Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram at Film 7 Podcasts. Until the next episode, guys, see you later.